0: Listeners, after taking a break over the Christmas period and settling back into the new year, we're back with the first podcast episode of 2022. A lot has been happening here at Tilking Influence HQ over the past month or so. We're excited to announce that for the first time ever, the Influencer Marketing Show is heading to New York City. This will be a boutique event tailored specifically to brands and tickets are limited. The link to secure your tickets will be in the podcast description. We hope to see you there in April. We also want to let you know that you have until the 21st of February to submit your early bird entries for this year's Influencer Marketing Awards. The final deadline is on the 14th of March, so it's time to get planning. Speaking of awards, as our venture to the US expands, we're excited to announce that Talking Influence will be co-hosting the first edition of the US Partnership Awards, alongside Performance In towards the end of the year. We can't wait to celebrate Influencer Marketing's position in the partnership landscape. Back to today's podcast. To kick off the year, the first guest I'll be chatting to is John Paul James, Vice President of Business Development at Influencer. Joining the team in 2021, John Paul brought with him 16 years of experience in scaling global commercial operations in the marketing space. He now works closely with CEO Ben Jeffries and the Influencer team in his role, within the constantly developing influencer space. Today I chatted to John Paul about some of the things that have influenced him to get to where he is now and what his main motivators and influences are looking to the future. Thank you so much for joining me today John Paul, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Let's jump straight into the questions and begin with asking you a little bit more about your personal influences growing up and what your main motivators and influences were back then.
1: Thank you very much Niamh, thanks for having, having me today. Uh, I, I think with most, I think growing up with most people right, you're heavily influenced by your family, your parents and that was definitely the case with me. I. Came from a uh, an originally an East End family, which is uh, has a big family culture tied to it. Lots of you know big big family to say the least. And within that, there's always been from my you know across my family at least very much a sort of entrepreneurial spirit, kind of this aspiration to make a few quid and. Um, and i think that's really reflective in in my parents and and how they coached me as i was very very young my but my granddads were were builders and and postmen respectively so you know very much working class background and my parents worked very very hard to kind of give me a middle class upbringing but that was very much rooted in a working class mentality as, as in the sense of work very hard you have to graft you need to, um, you know, do the best for yourself, and that was very much reflected in in how I approached my formative years at school. Really, I was probably relatively clever, but definitely not the smartest, and just worked very, very hard. And that's still something that I carry through today. Um, my parents very much were sort of self-made to an extent. My dad left school with no qualifications. My mum was more the relatively smart one, um, I would say, and they built a, a, a sort of a small business together from the ground up. And it's that sort of, I took that as an inspiration, even even today, I take that as an inspiration for my approach to, to life and definitely my professional life. So I think that as, as a starting point, that, that was a great starting one.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's a, that's a great sort of start to have, to be surrounded by people who are constantly working hard and you know that you need to graft to get to where you want to be but then also like you said with your dad leaving school um, early that also told you that education is not the be all and end all to success and you could life is what you make it and having drive is is the main thing there and being surrounded by people that are working hard is obviously a key driving force for yourself.
1: Yeah, abs- absolutely. It, 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 was, it was definitely the drive, but it's also a a mentality to aspire for more, I think. Um, I, I was the first person in my family to ever have secondary education or go to university. Um, and so my cousins have done that now, but I was definitely the first. And that was through the support and, and the endorsement of my parents who'd never done that, but could see the value in it. To aspire for more, could see that if I wanted to achieve um and to move forward with a really strong career, then that was going to be one of the markers that needed to be to be met. So again, that that kind of coaching, that um open mindedness and ultimately very supportive framework I, I I was provided is fundamental as to. I suppose why I'm speaking to you today so you know I'm very very thankful to my parents for that for giving me that grounding and and giving me that sort of work ethic which I think is ultimately very important no matter what you do.
0: So as you say you were the first in your family to sort of go into secondary education and university what was it that you studied at university as I guess that was when you go to university you choose that one subject and you're pretty sure that that's what you're going to go into so what was it you studied there?
1: It was industrial design and technology, which is at Loughborough University, which is an engineering degree. It was, I wanted to be a product designer. So this was kind of at the, uh, just when Jonathan Ive was beginning to make a name for himself, I kind of thought I was going to be a product designer, going to be developing the next iPod or, you know, the next Apple product. Um, Didn't quite turn out that way because I wasn't. The greatest designer I was okay <laughs> but I wasn't the greatest and some of the people I went to university with have now gone to have great careers in various different creative industries but one of the things that I did find I loved was the pitch process so through one of the again going back to my, my family one of the things that my dad always taught me was ultimately there always needs to be an element of salesmanship or salespersonship in, in regards to to whatever you do because you need to create interest in um, either in yourself or in the product or in the business that, 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 that you're representing. So that pitch process um, that we used to do when you were presenting your designs, presenting a concept is something that I really gravitated towards. Um, maybe an element of showmanship, I suppose, as I quite liked from it. Uh, but ultimately, it was thinking about, OK, well, how do I how do I present myself and present a really compelling story? To get um, to get a consumer or, or a person engaged with, with with this thing that I'm trying to get them interested in, so that that definitely stuck with me. And then also a second component of that of that degree um, was based around website design, which is kind of an afterthought, but definitely stuck with me because this was what 2002 to 2005. So the internet was very much in its infancy. Um, the idea of creating a career for yourself around uh, internet industry, I suppose, was relatively new. So it definitely informed some of my uh, exploration into different careers I wanted to look at uh, after I did graduate. Because I did quite quite early make a decision that, OK, I probably won't be a designer. But there's some, definitely some fundamental areas of knowledge and, and definitely some transferable skills that... I'd like to pursue. And that kind of led me to to look at media.
0: Yeah, everyone sort of uses those buzzwords, transferable skills, but it's it's so true. Like you say, when you go into a degree, at first you might think, okay, like in your case, say I'm going to be a product designer. And it's the things that you learn um throughout the process of the degree, for example, that shows you all of the different elements that are involved in that industry and the areas that you want to progress further so in that case what was your first role after leaving university how did you kick start into this sort of space am I right in saying you've been doing sort of what you're doing now for about 16 years
1: I have 16 years yeah I entered the industry 2006 it came out of a, a conversation with one of my oldest and still very close friends, who um, who is now at Google, but at the time was at uh, what was then uh, Media Reg, and now Wavemaker, and he was an account exec. And we went on a sort of a friend's holiday, and he was telling me about his first six months working at a media agency, and you know, being 21, 22, it just sounded really, really great. Also, for the reasons I mentioned before, really complemented some of those areas that I had interest in. And he was a person whose opinion I always really trusted and um, and someone I, I looked up to as well and still do. So through that, I kind of did some research and, and looked into different roles that I could potentially pursue, did actually look at the, the agency space um, initially. But ultimately, um, my first role started at a business called EuroClick, which turned into Adconian Media Group. Um, And I was a client services manager there and one of the first hires for the UK office. So it was very much sort of a baptism of fire, um, being like the third UK employee in my first role, managing agency clients and and advertisers uh, for an ad network that had just launched in the UK. So it was a great sort of trial period, learning period for me, um, and sort of created the foundations of some some of the things that I've, I even continue today, which is, you know, client service is absolutely fundamental to so any business success, whether that's in the industries that we work in, influencer marketing, or just broadly. You need to make sure that, um, you know, from a client retention perspective, your client is happy. So that's something that I learned probably very, very quickly working, working for Iconia.
0: Yeah, I think that goes back to what we were saying about the transferable skills and you learn the foundations that you can then apply to whatever interests you along the way. And obviously, at this point, influencer marketing is what you have fallen into. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about how you ended up in the role you're in now at Influencer?
1: Absolutely. So I... Previously, had spent uh, I ten of my sixteen years working in global roles at Microsoft. Then I was at Adform, and I was also I've also been in the agency space with, with Dentsu. During all of that time, I'd gained quite a lot of experience working with clients directly, working with and within agencies, um, and also working across multiple platforms, multiple media brands, and then with Adform sort of ad tech. Then when at when Dentsu, one of the things that really caught my eye and, and caught my attention, I think with a lot of people during the pandemic was the consumption of, of social media and specifically platforms like TikTok during this time. And as someone that always had a, what I'd consider a creative eye, going back to my university days, I've always been very, very interested in sort of really good content, uh, content solutions, and really exciting creative ideas that are that are based around engaging stories and and um, and creative narratives. So that and the rise of, of influencer marketing really being at the forefront and and being frankly quite exciting, because I was, you know, I, I'm I've been around long enough to remember when social media really sort of you know with the rise of Facebook started to really gain momentum across across the industry and I started to really think okay well there's some real parallels here around a really exciting growth area in the industry that not only is super exciting in terms of its scope and potential but also is ultimately creator and creative driven so for me it was kind of a no-brainer and you know through through research and through um, sort of engaging um, a number of people, I was lucky enough to to meet Ben Jeffries, our CEO, and um, and and join the team. And I'm so glad I did.
0: Amazing! And you started your role in the pandemic. If, am I right in saying? Um, yeah. What What were some of the challenges there starting during the pandemic?
1: Well, I think being a being a someone who really feeds off working with with groups of people. Um, I enjoy, you know, leading sort of from the front with with my teams as well. Working remotely was always very, very difficult. Um, still, you know, still is to an extent, and and hopefully with, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're kind of getting to the end of, of this now. But you know, remote working is here with us for good. But I think 100% working from home was always difficult, um, and even in in recent times. Uh, has has been difficult but ultimately what's been exciting is the scope and the momentum of of I suppose the influencer story that has made all of that worth it and there's been the best I think best professional decision I've, I've made to date because not only is it a growing industry in terms of influencer marketing but the the team that we have at influencer genuinely inspire me every day because they are really passionate experts um, that drive themselves to, to learn more and to be at the forefront of some of the best work. Um, and I think when you then consider that of how we could potentially be expanding that into a whole variety of different ways that we can't even potentially conceive yet, I think that's really, really, really exciting. Um, so uh, to answer your question directly i wouldn't say loads of challenges um probably just the same as anyone else but um uh, easily the best decision i ever made to join the team
0: i think we're we're actually very lucky as an industry in some cases that influencer marketing was something that actually ramped up during the the pandemic as there was there was just a whole whole lot more need for it obviously with everyone being at home influencer content is the perfect way to be marketing a product and a service and even just entertaining people so I think we're quite lucky in that aspect that it was probably one of the best most exciting times to grow and experiment with new things that may not have happened. Otherwise, I'm sure growth would have happened anyway. But in that new sort of creative and adapting phase that we went through, I think is a really important time that we were able to go through. Um, And if we look at how much you guys have done, and obviously you've recently joined the company, um, what are some of your motivators and influences that are pushing you towards the future?
1: So for us, the influencer, it's it's global growth as well. We've been really lucky um, to launch two new offices in the space of, of two weeks in January with Manchester, being the first Dubai being the second we have aspirations for for more offices this year and that's one of the reasons why I was so keen to join the team because having been part of global teams and done elements of, of growing global businesses during my during my career to be able to do this in this space is super exciting and to I think just build some, build something. Ultimately, um, at, a, at a relatively early entry point, is super exciting on a personal level. I also am very excited about how technology around the work that we do is going to grow and diversify. We, as a, as a team, are investing a lot into our, our platform ways, which is, you know, is from someone who is a bit of a bit of a geek as well. He's very excited very excited in regards to how we can develop that as a as a as a genuine tool that, that pushes on our our work as a as a team and as an industry. But I think the main thing that really you know gets me excited as it always does is, is always the um is the creative behind it the creative idea behind the work that we do. Um, there's one you know there was one creative that I always call back to as my favorite um ad or, or creative treatment which is that you can't you can't be a Londoner from uh, from Nike in two thousand eighteen, and the reason why it really sits with me is because it's uh, going back to sort of my personal background. It's very personal, but it's also very collective in presenting London as it is today. I also love the fact that it's based around sport, which is a topic that's really, really close to my heart. Um, has a great soundtrack and and is a brand that I love. So you know, all of these all of these things are. Um, kind of inspiring to me, but I think the, the thing that's, that drives me on the most is, is the team as well. Going back to my, going back to the team that I work with, who really, um, for, for a team that has, for a team that has been working uh, so extensively in the space, still has such an appetite to grow and do more, and um, whatever I can do to kind of match their aspirations and to help them is kind of what inspires
0: me on a day to day basis. Yeah, it's obviously really exciting that you're expanding your offices across the globe now, and there will be people who are super excited to be joining the company from all different places in the world. And that will definitely feed into all of your energy and motivation having these people who are super excited to jump into these new roles and might be new to the influencer space as a whole and you can definitely learn the most from the people that are surrounding you so that will be a really exciting move for you guys i'm sure um will you be getting to go to dubai at any point <laughs> i absolutely hope so I
1: absolutely <laughs> hope so. there's gotta be some perks right um, um absolutely um you know i think we we going back to my point around spending time with clients spending time with with the team that's absolutely where we want to be um investing our time and effort but yeah absolutely uh, that's that's we see these offices as kind of just the start um and in terms of expanding the sort of the profiles and the different types of people that we have joining our business that's what excites me um because uh yeah i think being being turning influence into a fully a truly global company is is what excites and drives i think every single one of us at the moment
0: yeah and i think there will be such a variety in the work that you're doing across these different spaces as well as the the need for influence marketing and the want for influence marketing sort of differs in these different places. So I can imagine it will be full of excitement throughout this year and obviously years to come.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, differently because I think the, the more the more time that we spend sort of drawing out what influence influencer marketing can be, um, and the more I think the scope of and the appetite from brand partners tends to to be ramping. So there's a lot of work that, as an industry that we have to do to kind of further tell the story of how influencer marketing is gonna define the next five, 10 years and be be a cornerstone of of most marketing activity. Um, But yeah, along the the way, I think what's what's gonna be very exciting is what comes out of that, what's the creative ideas that come from the creators, Um, what's gonna be the different ways that, sort of those those creative pioneers are going to be trying to get cut through with with excellent ideas and different ways of using different platforms and different uh, digital environments to, to to do that it's um can be overwhelming but but ultimately you know it is super exciting
0: yeah it's almost hard to predict what is going to happen next obviously a year ago we probably didn't think that there was going to be, virtual events and metaverse and influencers wearing digital clothing on instagram but alas that is happening so it's <laughs> exactly it's yeah it's definitely anything could happen but i'm sure it's all going to be very exciting and like you say creative um all around
1: i think yeah we've with um that's what it's got to come down to. Is it's got to it's got to be everything that we do is got to be anchored by the, the best creative idea possible, um, and being a a real tangible opportunity for for brands and for for even individuals to to tell to tell a story. So, however that sort of develops and transitions over the next uh, years and months and and uh, say so decades, then that's going to be uh, you know I'm I'm keen to to be involved and see how, see how we can uh, push that on.
0: It was great to chat to John Paul about how his upbringing in working class East London drove him to work hard and aspire to get to where he is now in an exciting role that he's extremely passionate about. I hope you also enjoy learning a little bit more about John Paul too. Remember to check out the links in the podcast description for more details on IMSNYC and the Influencer Marketing Awards. And of course, share the podcast with your peers and colleagues. We will be back next month with a brand new episode.